Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Our scripture from today comes from um, the Gospel of, of Mark, and I invite you to stand for the reading the word. And we would read from chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. There's a Bible back in the pew if you want to hold one, but there's also the words will be um, behind me on the screen. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever you, we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand, and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those whom, for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and holy Lord, we're so thankful for this opportunity to be here in your presence, oh Lord. And we pray that your Holy Spirit touches us in new ways as we hear the living and breathing word that we may be transformed to go out into the world to be a service to the people you've called us to serve. In Christ we pray. Amen. So we find ourselves at this peculiar request of James and John. Is it not peculiar? Yeah, I, I think it is. Because if you, if you just go back a little bit, this is the third time that Jesus has foretold what is going to happen to him. They are on the road going up to Jerusalem. They are on, this, they are on a journey to go to Jerusalem where Jesus Christ will be crucified. And as they're walking, some are amazed, and those who are following are afraid. He took the twelve aside, and he tells them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. 
Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. And James and John, after they hear all this powerful and kind of scary foretelling of what's going to happen to Jesus, they had a right idea to go up to Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, we got a request and we want you to grant it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what you came up with? That you, this is the only thing you could think of? And what, what kind of questions do you have for Jesus himself right here? Would you ask Jesus, I, put me at your right and left side? Would, would y'all? Yeah. I, I can think of so many other things I can ask Jesus, and that's not one of them. And what we see in Mark's gospel is that the disciples, they don't get it right. They just don't get it right. And as, as, as a narrative is going on, we're able to peer in and see the shortcomings of the disciples. And I think Mark wrote this as a genius, genius way that we, as, a, as sitting on the sidelines, we can critique the disciples, but if we turn the mirror to ourselves of how the disciples are responding, we will find ourselves just like them, if we're honest. But the good thing about a good story that we can inject ourselves into it or sit on the sidelines, we can kind of say, I would do that a little bit differently. I would hope. And so you have James and John asking this crazy, crazy request of Jesus. And Jesus says, hold up, you, you really don't know what you're asking. You really don't know what you're asking because of this pathway to Jerusalem, this pathway to Calvary, this pathway to the Passion requires something of us, you and I and those who walk this path. If you were not here last Sunday, we read from the scripture of the, the young rich boy, the, run, yet the young rich man, rather, that goes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to enter into the kingdom of God? And he says, I, you know, I keep the commandments. And Jesus says, that's one thing. Jesus looked at him very intently. And that's a good thing about Jesus as his response to those that want to get it right. He looks at them, looks at the young man intently and says, you have done all these things, but one thing you must do is give up your many possessions because that was holding him back from entering into the kingdom of God. And the disciples and Peter after this says, well, who, who, who can enter into the kingdom of God if, 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 if rich people can't enter into the kingdom of God? And, and they go on and say, well, we've, we've gave up all, everything we have to follow you, Jesus. They heard what Jesus said, and, and Jesus telling them that there's something required of you to, to walk this walk of discipleship. It is a costly decision to follow Jesus. And so we find ourselves them walking on to Jerusalem, and they had this bright idea to along the way after hearing all these teachings to ask Jesus a selfish request. Because they know that Jesus is the Messiah, they know they see the future glory that Jesus Christ will sit at the right hand of God the Father. And they ask a powerful request to sit at the most powerful seats on the throne, the right and left side. And Jesus says, no, I do not have the ability to, um, to grant that request. And Jesus talks about his baptism and the cup that he will be drinking from. And, and we know how when Jesus was in Gethsemane, he's asking God to take away this cup of his will because he knew the fate that's going to happen. 
But Jesus has been prophetic in this moment here because James and John would, for the sake of gospel, be killed for the sake of the gospel. They didn't know that at the time, but for telling us, we know that there is a cost to following Jesus. And that is self-denial. Decreasing so that God may increase in our lives. Setting aside our selfishness. Setting aside the things that we find so important for ourselves. We're what's called in the in-between times. Jesus has come, and we're waiting for Christ to come back and find a victory. But in the in-between times, we are called to be and to live in the identity that Christ has called us to be. Followers of Christ. In the in-between time, we, are, we have a dual citizenship. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? We are citizens of the United States, right? That's, a, that's one identity. That's a one identity, right? And then the most important identity we can ever tout into to, to every, anything that we've ever accomplished in life, our identity that we find ourselves as we are baptized into the church. We are baptized as followers. We are baptized into this, the, the church of Jesus Christ. And there is a lot that goes with that. Eloise, see her, she's giggling and gaga, and she has no idea what she signed up for. And that's the beauty of God's grace, God's provenient grace. The, the lakes are faithful, faithful young couple. And they know their, their parents have, have um, brought them to the church, and they're doing the same thing for their daughters to bring them up in the faith. And as a baptism, I, I'm pretty sure most of y'all don't know this, but you know your baptism in the Methodist church, you were ordained into the general, general ministry of the church. You all are ordained. Raise your hand and say, I'm ordained. Yes. I'm ordained. Yes. Is this not Michelle and I, the elders and the deacons that have been set apart for ministry and the bishops? It's, we all have been baptized into the church of Jesus Christ and we are ordained. Woohoo! Yeah! To be ordained. We're ordained in general ministry. And I like to read from things because sometimes people think we make things up. And so I, I carry my Bible. That's why I preach from my Bible because, you know, I want to I read what the Bible says. And I want to read what the book of discipline says. This is a book in which we have all our beliefs in here. It helps us to be connectional with all the churches globally and locally. It also tells us what it means for us to be called into ministry. There's a paragraph beginning at 126. It's entitled, The Ministry of All Christians. Are you ready? Yes. It says, The heart of Christian ministry is Christ's ministry of outreaching love. So everything we do is the outreaching of God's love in the world. Christian ministry is the expression of the mind and mission of Christ by a community of Christians, us, that demonstrate a common life of gratitude and devotion, witness and service, celebration and discipleship. As I said earlier, all Christians are called through their baptisms to this ministry of servanthood. All Christians are called through their baptism to this ministry of servanthood in the world to the glory of God, and for human fulfillment. Scoot it down to the ministry of the community, paragraph 128. It says, the ministry of community, it stretches out to human needs, 
wherever love and service may convey God's love and ours. The outreach of these such ministries knows no limits. This means that all Christians are called to minister wherever Christ would have them serve and witness in deeds and words that heal and free. Ministry is both a gift and a task. It's a gift because God's grace has been poured out in his unmerited favor. It's been poured out for us to say, good morning, grace. Good morning, grace. It's there. It empowers us. And it's also a task. It says here, the task is unstinting service. And I, got, I don't have my phone with me, but when I was reading this yesterday, I, I started Googling. I started Googling, what is unstinting? Because that's the word we use often. But it means giving without restraint. We give our service without restraint. How, is that something we do? We, we, we're anything but unrestrained, right? Because we're stingy with our time. Or is, is that, are y'all stingy with your time? Oh, just me? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're, 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 we, we're called to be unrestrained with our service, but if we're honest with ourselves, our, our calendars are so filled with so, many, so much stuff that we find ourselves not able to even live out our number one identity. The most important thing that we can live into is our identity in Jesus Christ. That's the most important. That is the biggest job all of us have. From the little baby that grows into the teenagers here to the mid-adults to the to the mid-40s and 30s and the, you know, the other great faithful cloud of witnesses here. We have a duty. We have an obligation and a service to live in to the words that God, that Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do not just recite their prayer every Sunday after the, um, we take the Lord's Supper. We participate in it. To follow Jesus Christ is a costly decision. It's one that we are willing to, to say, I will decrease. You know, when I was in elementary school, um, I, you know how in elementary school we always love to be what? The teacher would say, hey, line up. What would we do? We would just forget all the rules and dart to the beginning of the line because we wanted to be what? First. And Jesus Christ is reminding us that the kingdom of God is countercultural. Although we are both citizens of the United States and we are citizens, the number one citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And that comes first. And he says, look at the Gentiles, how they rule over one another, how they're tyrants over one another. They have no idea, no concept of servanthood. But in the kingdom of God, whoever's first in that line, Jesus Christ is calling us to walk the steps all the way to the back of the line. I'm going to get in here. Back of the line. Back of the line. You know who's here at the back of the line? The one that the world has said, you don't matter. The ones in the world that are homeless. The ones in the world don't have food to eat. The ones that are working hard and hard, but it seems like the world is caving in no matter how hard they work. 
is the ones that said your skin color has determined you less than human. It's, it's the persons in the world that God has come into the world and says what? You matter. And so we are called as followers of Jesus Christ to put on a new disposition, to, to, to wear the proud crown that says, I am Christian first. And I'm going to use my power, my position, my resources to make sure the person in the, la- the back of the line feels love and feels valued and feels able to go through his life until we are sitting here waiting to feast at the heavenly banquet. We have our charge to keep. And I am so glad that Jesus Christ is the ultimate teacher. He's not only the teacher. He's not, you know, we like to stay there. He's, not, he's more than a moral teacher. He is the one who came into the world 2,000 years ago with two parents that said, yes, to servanthood for humanity. Mary said, yes, I'm going to be and participate in being the mother of God. Joseph said, I'm going to go ahead and marry this, this widow, this, Mary, Mary, even though she's with child that I did not participate in. The impact began there. And Jesus Christ, as a little poor little, little boy in, from Nazareth, he kept going on knowing what his call for the world would be. And he says, I didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve, to be a ransom for many. And he knew that when, that when he was driven, um, driven out into the wilderness where he was tempted for several days. And he had the opportunity to, to, to take on selfishness, but he said, no. I am on, on assignment. I am here to impact the world with my service to bring salvation to the world. And we know how it goes in Luke when he says, I am here. I have been anointed to set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind. That impact, I am so glad that Jesus Christ says, I will deny myself. The impact of Jesus Christ, knowing that he was equal with and the form of God did not require, um, regard equality with God and something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death and even death on a cross. The impact of this man from Nazareth that said, I am going to empty myself so I can offer salvation to the world. The impact of Jesus Christ knowing as he going on to foretell his future story that he would be crucified, that he was stricken up on a old rugged cross. But he wouldn't say that, that he would rise up with all power in his hand, that we too can say, death, oh death, where is your sting? That we have victory in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ sought the impact of his servanthood for humanity. And following this, this, this God named Jesus Christ that says, come, follow me, but give up yourself. Lose this life that we're, we're tied to that prohibits us from serving and following and living into our baptism. In this meal, we pray that the, the Holy Spirit report out all of us gathered here and these gifts of bread and wine. And we, we pray that they become the, the body and blood of Christ. And when we, in, we, we take up these elements, that we are able to go out into the world to be Christ, 
to be Christ. And I'm reminded of Isaiah when, when they're, in a, um, in the upper, they're in the holies of holies and God is looking around and asking, who shall we send? And he says, send me. I'll go. And right now, God is calling and asking us to step up and says, send me. I'll go out into the world to, to be of service. To let the world know that Christ does indeed reign and that we are Christ followers here to make an impact with the way that we serve. Send me. I'll go. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.